0: Hi everybody, this is Mrs. G's Storytime and we are reading Treasures of the Snow by Patricia Sangent with permission of Moody Publishing Company and we are on chapter 11, A Trip to the High Pastures. Danny's leg was very slow in healing. Many times the doctor climbed the mountainside to visit him, but he seemed worried and puzzled. The time came for Danny to go back to the hospital and have the plaster ribbon taken off. It was then that the doctor broke the news to Danny's father that, as he had feared all along, Danny would not be able to walk properly. His bad leg was much shorter than his good one. Feeling very sad indeed, Monsieur Benet went to the carpenter and asked him to make a tiny pair of crutches. Then he visited the cobbler with a pair of Danny's boots and asked him to make one sole an inch and a half thicker than the other. The carpenter and the shoemaker were very upset. The carpenter carved little bear heads on the uh, handles of the crutches to make Danny smile. And the cobbler returned the boots stuffed with chocolate sticks. And in both cases, their efforts were a great success. Danny looked upon his crutches as a new toy and was really impatient to try them out. For a day or two, he hopped about like an excited grasshopper in front of the house. Then he heard his father say he was going to take the cows up to the mountain to feed in the high pasture. Danny sat down and cried loudly, because he suddenly realized that even with his nice bear crutches and his new boots, he would no longer follow the cows up to the mountain. Danny did not often, often bellow, but when he did, he really did. Annette, Monsieur Bernet, and Grandmother all rushed from the woodpile where Danny was crying, and they all started shaking him and kissing him all at once. Claus, who hated lots of noise, arched his back and hissed. When at last they understood the reason for Danny's unhappiness, they all tried to make make lots of comfort, comforting plans. In the end, it was decided that Danny should go down to the marketplace in a little wooden cart to watch the cows gather together. And after he would, afterwards, he would drive up behind the herd in the, in the horse court cart and sleep the night in the hay and come down the next day. And that would go with him while Grandmother and Claus stayed home and kept house. The great day had dawned clear and blue, and Danny woke up early with a feeling that something wonderful was going to happen. When he remembered what, what, what it was, he tried to yodel, which he couldn't do at all, and then dragged Claus into bed with him and began to tell her all about it. But Claus was not interested and struggled out again and went with her tail in the air to catch mice on the woodpile. An hour later, Danny was curled up in the wood cart, and Annette was taking him down to the village. Long before they reached the marketplace, they heard the clanging of cowbells and the mooing of frightened cattle and the shouting of men and the shrill screams of excited children. When they turned the corner by the fountain and bumped down the shallow steps, what a sight greeted them. The market was a solid mass of cows and calves all pressed together. They all wore clanging bells and tossed their heads nervously. Here and there, cows broke loose and jumped over each other and over over by the grocery shop a crowd of young men were shouting at a young bullock who was trying to put his horns through the shop window. In and around and out among their legs swarmed the children. But this was a great holiday. School was closed. In Switzerland, when the grass begins to grow tall in the fields, the cows go up to the mountains for the summer and feed in the high pastures while the hay ripens in the valleys. The farmers go up and live with them and while the women and children stay behind. On the day when they're all, they all set out, the cows all gathered together before starting out on their different paths. And the children followed their own cows up to the high pastures and spend the day in the mountains, settling the cows into their new homes. When Danny arrived in the marketplace, people gathered all around him. Except for his journey to the hospital, this was the first public appearance in the village and everyone wanted to look at him. All the children wanted to pull his cart and the, the women wanted to kiss him and with but with all the cows and the crowds and the cobbles it was a wonder he wasn't tipped right out. Time was getting on and the procession had to start moving. The farmers were drawing their leaders out of the crowd, each group shoving its way out after them. The group leader wore a bigger bell than the rest and was followed by all the others. Monsieur Benet was drawing at his leader by the collar and his few cattle were making their way out from the crowd as best they could. He walked up to Danny's cart with a hand on the cow's neck. The mule cart is waiting around in the back of the cobbler's shop, he said, so put Danny into it, Annette, and we'll make a start. He went off, rounded up his cows, and set off to the steep steps behind the clock tower and look, looking like a piped piper with a stream of children following. All the children liked Monsieur Benet. Soon the mule cart caught up with them, with Annette holding the reins and clicking her tongue. Danny lay in the back, holding his crutches, which he had brought to show for the people in the village, and shouting at the top of his voice. Danny never forgot that ride up the mountain. One of the bull calves named Napoleon grew tired and started dropping behind, so Danny leaned over and put his hand on his collar and pulled him alongside the cart. His father looked back and smiled. "'He's a tired, poor old young thing,' he said. "'You better take him in the cart with you, Danny.' "'And Father lifted the wobbly-legged creature into the cart, "'and Danny flung his arms around his woolly neck and shrieked with joy. "'It was a beautiful calf with gentle eyes and silky ears "'and pale stubby curls on his forehead. "'They sat watching the forest together, "'sniffing the scent of the pine trees.' By the time they came out of the forest, they had climbed so high that they could see right over the green mountains that surrounded the valley to the snow-capped ranges beyond, where the snow never melts. Danny lay back, counting the white peaks, imagining himself in heaven. Then, to make his happiness complete, Annette suddenly produced a long, twisty roll and a hunk of cheese and told him to sit, sit up for his dinner. He sat nibbling one end of the hard golden crust while the calf put out his pale pink tongue and licked the other side. Annette left the mule to make its own way while she wandered up and down the slopes picking the alpine flowers that grew in the high pastures as a present for grandmother. It occurred to Danny that it would be nice to run up and down the slopes to pick flowers with Annette, but he did not think about it for long. There was so much else to be happy about. Besides, if he had not been lame, he would never have had his bear crushes, nor would he have ever been sitting in the cart with his arms around a bull calf. The path turned a hairpin bend around the roots of a great pine tree, and as they turned the corner, they came in sight of their summer home. A little shut-up cow barn with one living room joined onto it, standing in the middle of the meadow of yellow flowers. Just behind it rose the last steep slope of the rest of the mountain. It seemed very welcoming, this hut, as though it was longing to be opened up and lived in again. The cows moved a little faster at the sight of it, and their lazy bells pealed out merrily. A fountain splashed into the wooden trough outside the chalet, and the thirsty cattle plunged their head into it and enjoyed a long, noisy drink. Danny and the calf tumbled out of the cart and drank too. Then they all gathered around the door while Monsieur Barnet turned the key to the lock and went in. The hut was damp and cold after being buried in snow all winter but they had brought logs and provisions in the mule cart and soon they had it lit a fire. As Annette, Annette flung back the shutters, the sun came streaming in showing up the dust everywhere. Around went Annette with a broom and a duster and Danny came hopping behind like a cheerful grasshopper. Monsieur Benet vanished up the val- ladder into a loft to bring down an armful of musty hay for the cow's bedding. Then it was milking time, and the cow, cattle wandered in one by one. After that, it was supper time, and Monsieur Benet and Annette sat down on the stools at the table, while Danny sat on the rung on the floor, because of the condition of his legs, made the stool uncomfortable for him. They ate bread, smoked sausage, cheese, drank hot coffee out of enormous wooden bowls. It was a lovely meal. And when he had finished his last mouthful, Danny struggled to his feet and held up his arms to his father. Do you want to go to bed now, asked Monsieur Benet, picking him up. No, replied Danny firmly. I want you to carry me to the top of the mountain. Mr. Bernier looked horrified. The top of the mountain was a good 25-minute steep climb, and Danny was a heavy child, but he always found it impossible to refuse his little son anything. So he burst into a hearty roar of laughter at his own foolishness and started off with Danny on his shoulders. Danny drummed his heels against his father's chest while Annette clung to his coattail. The mountaintop was covered with raw, beautiful flowers, and Annette ran among them while Monsieur Benet strolled on, too out of breath to speak. Only when they at last reached the top did he put Danny down. Then they all sat looking about them, thinking their own thoughts somewhere they looked everywhere they looked rosy snow peaks rose upward the sun was setting and while twilight had fallen on the valleys below the high mountains caught the, caught the last rays of the sun and were bathed in a bright pink glow an english child might have thought that the alps were on fire but danny who was used to the sight just sighed contently As they sat watching, the sun sank a little lower until the very tips still burned crimson. Then the glow faded altogether, and there was nothing to be seen at all but cold, ice-blue mountains with the stars coming up behind them. Soon the moon would rise, and then the peaks would be turned to dazzling silver. It was nice to get back to the chalet and see the firelight flickering in the window and to gather around the blazing logs and shut out the night. The door inside the stable was open, and the calf came sh- straying in and out, and and on the floor by Danny with his long le- with his long legs crumpled up beneath it. I went to sleep with the calf, announced Danny in his firmest voice. No, Danny said Annette quickly. You will catch fleas. But if Napoleon had fleas, I should have caught them already in the cart, reasoned Danny. Please, Papa, I want very badly to sleep with Napoleon. Mr. Bernet remarked that he thought it might be managed for a treat, so he rigged up a hay mattress covered with a sack, and Danny was tucked up on it under the rug while Napoleon happily lay on a heap of straw beside him. Annette slept in the one and the the other bed, and Mercier went off and found himself comfortable in the hayloft. Tomorrow it will be Chapter 12, Annette's Revenge. I love you and I'll be praying for you and we'll see you tomorrow. bye bye.